everybody. Welcome to another episode on the Product-Led Podcast. So today, what we're going to be talking all about is the one meeting you must have to 2x your growth rate. And so we are a remote company here at Product-Led, and we don't actually like meetings. We actually try and prioritize like focus days above all and try and clear our calendars of as many meetings as possible to clear out, create space for deep work. But... With that said, there is one meeting we always uh, make time for, and it is this one. And what you're going to find, even if you're running like a weekly leadership team meeting, whether that's EOS or it's a different kind of style, you will find that this structure will help your leadership team take a lot more action, get aligned a lot faster. And so we're going to break down exactly how that works for your product-led business today. So here I'm joined with none other than my co-host, Laura, Director of Content at Product Welcome. Thanks, Wes, for introducing me this time. I'm really happy to be here. And I wanted, before we even get into the meeting, I did want to emphasize that this meeting is part of the process component of the product-led system. And so this is actually part of like how to create a, an amazing growth process so that you can learn how to launch experiments that make an impact every single week. So this meeting is really pivotal to ensure that you are launching the right experiments. So that said, Wes, this meeting, what is it and why is it and how is it structured so that we get the most out of it when we meet every week? Yeah, for sure. So first off, what it is, it is a meeting with all the key leaders in your company. And so what you basically do, you go through some of the major issues that you're kind of arising in your business. You go through key data that we covered in the data component to understand like how the business is actually doing. And you really leave this meeting with understanding, okay, here's the top priorities for this week. Here are or here is the biggest bottleneck in our business that we do need to focus in on. And your entire team is basically attacking that bottleneck from different angles, whether it's for marketing, sales, you name it. You are all practically going after how to actually address that. And that is really what I, I love about it. Is it one, clarifies where should we focus? Two, it really just aligns everybody on like, okay, here's where we need to focus. And then a third part is the how piece, which is how do we actually do this? Uh, where do we focus? So that is really what I love about these growth meetings. Perfect. So we've covered the what. Next is the who. Who should be on this meeting? And I know that it might seem a little obvious, but the reason we're going through this is because we found, especially on our coaching call, that it actually isn't so obvious. So from your perspective, Wes, who are the main people that need to be on this? And should it be capped at a certain amount? Or are, if you're too small, should you even still have it? For sure. So like we've done this even as small as just two people. And so it's like no size is too small. I mean, you could technically run this on your own if you want every single week. It's still a great process to go through. And we actually would build that habit of like, okay, really asking yourself these key questions at least once a week, you should definitely be doing that. So as small as one, uh, ideally two, but really to get some good conversations going, it is really key to get at least three people if you can. Uh, ideally to really have, you know, that odd number person is usually very helpful to be like, okay, what do we agree? And instead of it being a stalemate or something like that, you get a, a different perspective. So definitely recommend three if you can. But these are going to be like key leaders in the company that understand the business very well. So if they're just somebody who's more in like a, let's say, executional role, like they just don't really think too much about the strategy piece, you don't necessarily have to include them in this meeting on that end. But when you're looking at the overall, like, where do we cap it if we have a big team? 
typically no more than seven. And the reason why I, I don't recommend any more than seven key leaders on this call is just because it takes a lot longer to get everybody aligned. There's gonna be a lot more issues and it's just gonna take a lot longer to go through it and really get the same outcome out of it. So less is definitely more in this regard. So that's really who's who's involved. So in a typical product company, that would look like the CEO, maybe the like zero or whoever's managing the go-to-market motion, your like VP of product or CPO, uh, and then somebody like customer facing, whether they do the customer success, sales, all that stuff, make sure you have your bases covered as far as that cross collaborative team. Awesome. And then just to clarify, so this meeting, obviously no more than seven people, you said, because it could run long. So what is the ideal length for a meeting like this? Yes. So if you're first getting started, I uh, definitely recommend like no more than 60 to 90 minutes. And the thing is, you do want to lock it in where you say, okay, this is the amount of time we're going to keep it and do not go over. I know it's going to be hard and sometimes you're like, okay, yeah, we went 10 minutes over, but you really do want to lock in the fact that this meeting, it does end on time. It's not something that's going to go forever because there's a bit more seriousness people put into those kinds of meetings where you're like, oh, actually, we had an issue, but it's like, no, we got to the current urgent stuff. And that's that's actually very important. And so that way, the rest of the team knows, okay, we, we do have to have our high focus mode in on this call to, to get the most out of it together. So that's generally 69 minutes, no more than 90 minutes, because most people tap out <laughs> that point. I know I do. After like 90 minutes, I'm like, Wes, I'm done. <laughs> Let's go on to the next call. We'll do no more than 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'll just like, what? just staring at the screen. Cool. So now we've covered who should be on it. We've covered what it is. Now this is the juicy part that I find is really helpful is the how. I know the people who are similar or who are familiar with the EOS system and what an L10 is, this is, it, it's similar, but it's not the same. And so I would love, Wes, for you to explain what the structure of this meeting looks like and why it's important to follow it in this order. Yeah, for sure. So for those that are not familiar with EOS, it's, it was basically a concept called the entrepreneurial operating system. It's part of this book called Traction by Gino Wickman. And in it, they basically go through these L10 meetings. And so what I found is these meetings and the structure of them is fantastic to really align your leadership team. But when it came to like, how do we actually adapt this to a product like company, there's a couple big changes that I recommend. So as you go through, you'll be like, oh, some are similar, some are definitely different. So let's let's go through it ends, I'll go through the exact specifics and recommended timeline for each of these if this is going to be a 60-minute growth meeting. So for the first five minutes, what you're going to be doing is you just go through wins. You want to start this off with a high note. You want to hear everybody's like professional, personal win. And it's it's a fun way to start the meeting. You kind of come prepared. You're like, oh, yeah, the first five minutes is always fun. Uh, we go through what those fun things are. The next piece after the first five minutes going through the wins is just a quick strategy review. And so what this is, is in our strategy component of the product system, we basically have these six key questions that you go through. So like, what is your vision? What does winning look like for this business? Where are we going to play? Like, wh who's our ideal customer? All that stuff. How are we going to win? Like, what kind of modes are we trying to build as a business? And then what are the capabilities we need to have, and then what are some of the strategic choices we decided to make? And so what this is, is simply reading through it. And it does seem very redundant, but it should be uh, because you want to lock and load everybody on the same page and get aligned with like, hey, this is 
our theory and now we're going to win. So let's make sure we, we take this into consideration for this meeting. So that's two minutes. The next part is you're going to go through your product-led scorecard. And so this is where it kind of deviates a bit from EOS in that sense, where you still have a scorecard, but the metrics you go through are very different. So in the like typical weekly scorecard we went through a few weeks ago, we went through like the six core go-to-market metrics. Uh, so that was like your visits, number of signups, how many people are actually getting set up and onboarded correctly, how many people get to the first strike in their products, so getting to the core value. And then did people reach like some sort of key usage indicator in the product that shows like, hey, they really get the value of the product and then did they upgrade? So you have those go-to-market metrics. That's kind of the first bucket you look at. And there's a metric owner for everyone. And if it's off track, this is where it gets fun, where it's like, oh, it's off track. Do we have a plan to solve this? Now, if not, this is immediately brought up, put down into the overall growth process where it's like, okay, this is a potential opportunity. We need to go through this and really dissect this and create a plan to, to get this back on track. So that's the first part. You go through the product-led scorecard to make sure everything is on track. And if it's not, this is like really good opportunities. And so what you're basically trying to come out of that when you go through that product-led scorecard is really identifying what is the number one bottleneck in the business? And you don't want to like spray and, pay and f- spray and pray and focus on like 10 different areas. Uh, you just want to pick like, okay, we think it's it's this area. Like our signups is really low. Our like free to pay is okay. So like if we focus there on the getting more signups, this is the biggest opportunity in the business. And so that's not always completely objective, but you want to get to the point where it's like, okay, uh, we agree. This is where we want to focus. And so that's the company scorecard review. That could take anywhere from five to 10 minutes. And then the next piece you're going to go through is your goal review. And so we're kind of impartial, regardless of if you use, like whether it's rocks or it's OKRs or any goal setting system, the main kind of caveat here that we care about is that it's simple. You're not overloading yourself with a, a ton of different goals. And so you'll just simply review those, see, hey, is this on track, off track for our core initiatives? And then the next part, this is the main bulk of the meeting, is really just running through your growth process. And so this is where it deviates a lot from US in the sense that US is all about like, okay, let's identify your issues and come up with some solutions for that. So how it's different is we basically break it down into these three stages. The very first one is we look at, okay, let's pinpoint the issue. And so when we try and do this, the first kind of step here is you want to identify all of the opportunities in your business. So an opportunity is like a a fun spin on, there's an issue, but it's something big we get definitely a lean into. So let's say, for instance, back to that sign-up example. Okay, we're not getting enough signups. That's an opportunity. And let's say, for instance, there's like, we could also improve our free to pay conversion. We could do that. Maybe our churn's somewhat bad. Okay, we could also improve that. So you list all of the potential opportunities based on your scorecard, based on your goal review. And now it's actually time to prioritize, like which one, if we were to pick one core opportunity, which one would we prioritize and say, you know what, like this is the the big bottleneck in the business. If we focused even this entire meeting on solving this one bottleneck, good things would happen. (laughs) So you want to pick that one uh, core opportunity to start off with. And then you're going to move to the second step. I'm going to jump in here because I think it's important to kind of break this down a little more. So 
perhaps you have, I don't know, two of your metrics are off track and you put that down in the bucket of opportunities. How would you decide which one of those two is the most important one to work on? Is that something that your team should all come to together or would it, is it, would it be like fairly obvious that that is the number one opportunity? Yeah, great question. So when it comes to that part, what I would look at a fun kind of experiment is take like both those metrics and let's say like your signups are hundred right now. So let's say if we doubled that, like what would the rest of the metrics, if they all stay true, like if they all stayed the same, the conversion rates, what would that look like for the business, the end outcome? So if it's like, oh, we doubled the business, if we doubled our signups, fantastic. I mean, that's not always going to be the case, like everything else staying true with the conversion rates, if you just double the amount of signups, but you're going to take that assumption. At least that's the way I like to approach it. And with the other metric, let's say that's your free-to-pay conversion rate, and you say, okay, we're going to aim to, to double that as well if signups stay true. Which one would have the biggest impact? So that's really what you're trying to evaluate here is where do we invest our resources and like this week of time for our entire team to really lean into it, focus. And so you're trying to gauge which one would be the, the highest leverage way for where we could invest our time. So um, that's my favorite way to do it. There's other ways to do it. And it could be like, my gut said it. Uh, and sometimes that's right. <laughs> but I kind of like the more mathematical ROI based approach for sure. Awesome. Okay. So now I, I think this is where you were going to get to. Once you have that opportunity chosen, what's the next step from there? So you get that core opportunity. And here's what most people and companies do. And I know we did this for a long time too. And uh, sometimes it's still hard to kind of get used to the building this habit as well. But this is where you generate a ton of solutions. And so when we hit that core issue, let's stick with the sign of example to keep it easy is let's generate as many potential solutions as possible here. So this is where we brainstorm as a team. Uh, one of the tools we use, I love doing this, it's, I call it the PCR test for coming up with more solution ideas. And so P stands for product solution. So think about like all the things in your product you could do to generate more signups. So maybe for getting more signups, this could be, you know what, we are going to make a new like lead magnet with our tool. It's like a website grader thing or something like that. That's cool. All right, great. C is all content solutions. So what could we create content wise? Maybe that's posting more on LinkedIn. Uh, maybe that is more kind of like content on our blog. What does that look like to help your users solve that opportunity? And then the last one is just resources. So like anything else catch all we could do to provide better value to our, our customers. And so what I, I like about the generating the solutions part is a lot of the times companies will skip this step and they'll just move on to like, oh, the founder had this idea, let's do it. And like sometimes that's right because founders do usually have somewhat good intuition, but a lot of times it's like, actually, no, that's not the best idea. Uh, there was something way easier to do other than that solution. Uh, but because we didn't exhaust our creativity here, then we just never found that solution. So the goal is like for every opportunity, come up with at least like five to 20 potential solutions. And so then the next part of this for prioritizing the right solution is you get to just go through that list and say, okay, if we could only do one or two or three of these, which ones would that be? And I mean, you could use whatever criteria you want here, but typically we recommend it's like, okay, based on the amount of impacts, the amount of effort, which ones should we really lean into here to solve this? And so what I love and one example I'll share is from uh, one of our one-on-one clients, keep.com. And so what they were doing is they had 
a lot of like opportunity around people and getting them to value in their first time when they sign up for a trial. And so what was interesting about that, I mean, you could solve it in so many different ways, like, okay, better onboarding, send them more emails. What else can we do to, to get them to value? But when you go through this process, you'll actually come up with some really creative solutions. And so in their case, what they realized is since Keep is very powerful, you can do a lot of things in it. What was actually most helpful is actually pairing them with the specialist that was a business automation specialist. So the small business owner could actually talk to them and learn like, hey, what current processes are you doing in your business? And then they would actually help them streamline their existing processes. So actually improving them, not just automating their clunky processes that make no sense. So that's an example of like, okay, another potential solution we could try easily test out. Um, and the impact is massive because everybody who went through that the most part got a ton of value and it was way more inclined to become a customer. So that's the power of prioritizing those solutions. Then the last step really comes down to, okay, we got to actually create this. We got to launch this solution into the world. And so what we discussed on the coaching call, uh, which I really appreciated too, is let's say it's a really big kind of undertaking, big experiments. How can you chunk it up into a way where it's like in a week or something like that? How could we run a quick test to really validate if this is even the right direction? If you have some like juicy potential solution, what might be a smaller way of like unbundling that to really test it, see if this is going in the right direction? And so, yes, it's really about testing it, creating that solution. And then the last kind of step here is like, do we decide to integrate this forever into our current workflow? Or do we just actually kill it and say, you know what, we learned it a lot from this, but it wasn't successful. And to be honest, a lot of the things you're going to launch won't be. But this whole process will make sure that every potential little opportunity you come up with and solution will have to fight for its life uh, to see <laughs> the light of day. And that will actually increase your odds a ton when it comes to the success and hit rate. Okay. Okay. One question that came up in the call as well was like, how do you even choose between you know, experiments that are short term and really easy to implement in one week versus like the long term ones that take a couple weeks to to implement and get out. Because obviously, like we're doing this every single week, we're, we're creating solutions every week, we're finding new opportunities every week. So how do you ensure that those like short term experiments are launched, but then also those ones that will have a bigger impact and to take a long time to roll out are also getting the headway that they you know, need or deserve? When it comes to like deciding, you know, which ones to, to focus in on, um, that's really where I like to add the third variable of like, okay, so when we're prioritizing solutions, there's high like impact, we're looking for that uh, amount of effort, that piece is important. Then I like to add in last is like confidence. So like how confident are we? This is going to be like a home run. And so whenever I see like something where it's like, okay, it's super high impact, super easy and very high confidence. Like we, we have not just like gut feeling here. This is like, we have substantial evidence that this is going to be a home run. I would just knock those out all day, every day until you run out. <laughs> you will run out. <laughs> and so the reason why I always recommend prioritizing those ones is because a lot of times there's like a lot of low hanging fruit, especially the first time you do this. Uh, consistently. And so every time you have one of those easy kind of bets where you're like, okay, this is like guaranteed going to provide a, a great return, do it. Now, when it gets a little harder, where you're like, okay, we have like 
five, you know, like let's say of these potential solutions we could build out, we're not super confident about either of them, but we have this inclination, like this big bet could be better. We're actually more confident that like this longer term play makes sense, but the effort here does not align. Like it's a lot of effort. So that's really where when you hit that kind of decision criteria, like, okay, the effort here is a ton, but the overall confidence that like, this is the right direction will be really well worth it. So I'll give you an example. I was just on a coaching call today with another company. And so one of their bottlenecks right now is that in the signup process, they assign everybody a subdomain. And so it's something that's kind of clunky. Then they're like, uh, actually, we have to ask people for their company name. And then because we do that and we assign them their own custom domain, like that company name then gets put to their subdomain. But then when they log in, they have to remember their account name uh, for that subdomain to even get into the product. And so it's something that seems trivial, but I'm sure you've all done something like that in a product where you're like, huh? What's the account name? And so that, from an engineering perspective, huge, like big amount of work. But the overall like confidence that, hey, this is going to provide a big impact and make it easier for somebody is, is like a no-brainer. It's like 100% that's going to help. Same thing with like email activation, like steps and taking them out is like a lot of times it's like there's a compelling evidence that this will work. So when you bump up against those ones, it's like, okay, let's maybe dedicate the month to like solving this and it will be worth it. But that's really where I like to kind of like take a step back and, and take some of those bigger swings because yeah, at the end of the day, if you're just taking all those small, easy risks, you're not going to make as much progress as the company that actually has more of that diversified kind of perspective of like, okay, some of these are going to be cannonballs. Others are just going to be bullets. Uh, that was a quote from one of our students. <laughs> but stolen from somebody else, but I'll use it again uh, because I like the analogy. Totally. All right. So I think we've covered all the bases here. We've covered what this meeting is, who needs to be involved and how it's structured. And for anyone who needs a little bit of a refresh or is more of a visual learner, I will link the template for the meeting in the show notes so you can grab that yourself. Now, are there any other questions or final thoughts that you that you have, Wes? Yeah, I mean, there's two last pieces to wrap up this meeting and get the most out of it. So the next piece, once you've gone through, identified the opportunities, you've found, okay, this is what we're going to build out. This is where it's time to go through, okay, what is everybody's top three weekly priorities as a team? So you want to go through that. And what that is <laughs> really important to go through is you want to make sure everybody's aligned. Uh, we're all focusing a lot on solving this core issue because the one thing that I didn't quite mention that is really important here is part of the just team aspect of this call. So if let's say Laura is struggling with like getting a number of users to the website or something like that, this isn't just Laura's problem. Like this is the core bottleneck in the entire business. And so as a collective team, we should all have sort of priorities that match up with helping Laura get unblocked. And so I think it's really easy to miss that in like the team aspect of like, how do we function as a team? But that's why I want to double take on it with the like top three priorities, because it should still be aligned with everybody. Not like, okay, engineering is doing like writing blog posts and stuff, maybe in that case, but they should still have some part in how they're going to help the person who's blocked get unblocked. And so that's that part. Any other to do is wrap that up last five minutes and then just rate the meeting. So you just want to understand consistently how 
was this meeting one to 10? And what could we do to actually make this meeting better? So you're always improving this meeting again and again, as you find your own structure that works too. Yes. And I should, we should note that this rating isn't necessarily about how you feel the meeting went. It's about whether or not you followed the process, because it can be very easy to not follow the process. I know we do these here at Product Lead, and every once in a while, we'll just go off on tangents and then realize we're not following the process and Wes gets rated a two, but don't worry, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. And no, it actually throws off the whole the whole vibe of the meeting when you when you kind of jump all over the place. So that's why the meeting rating is there on our end. Yes. And I am glad you called that out too, because like as you're going through some of these metrics, it's going to be so tempting to be like, oh, and like, where did we do that? And let's dig into that. And then it's like rabbit hole, 10, 15 minutes has passed. You have made no progress. And so, yeah, respecting the process is super important to actually getting the most out of this meeting. And yeah, definitely ditto on that one. Awesome. All right. And then another thing I just wanted to share, because I did kind of allude to it at the very start of this and how it doesn't really matter how small your team is to run these meetings because Wes and I ran them alone for many months and it was just extremely valuable to do it. So it doesn't matter how small you are, go for it because you'll be surprised at how a structured meeting can really make a massive difference just in your prioritization of, of, of what you're doing every day. So any final words, Wes? Yeah, I mean, go download the template, copy it for yourself and schedule this for ideally on a Monday. Like that's the, the best day to start the week off. You definitely want this at the beginning of the week for yourself. Identify those people that you do. Uh, you've kind of been like, okay, these are the, the ideal leaders we want on this call and lock it in. The template you have uh, that we'll share with you is the agenda item. So you just go through it, implement it for your business. And yeah, let us know on LinkedIn for myself at Wes Bush. And I want to know, how did your first meeting go? Perfect. Thank you, Wes. Here's what the, the next step is. If you've learned anything uh, from this podcast episode and you actually want to implement it more inside your business, we got some exciting news. We are opening up our wait list for joining the Product Lead Academy. So everything we're discussing here is a part of our program. It's actually a specific week where we build this out into your business every single week. And so this is one of the coolest programs, I think, <laughs> where you can actually build out and scale up your product led business with other folks who are doing the same thing. And so at the very beginning of May, we're going to be opening this up for three, four days really quick to just let everybody in who wants to join for the next year long program. And so make sure to get on that wait list so you can join and you just have to go to productled.com forward slash academy and then you'll be able to join the waitlist it's really quick and hope to see you in the next cohort of the program and that is all for today happy growing everybody have a good day